I don't, I don't even know. I Jeff, don't even I know. I don't even know what I just saw with my eyeballs. I don't even know what I saw with my eyeballs. We have a toddler for a president. And honestly, I... I think that's an insult to toddlers. Is anybody Hello and welcome to the Collier Democratic Roundup, the official podcast of the Collier County Democratic Party. My name is Jeff Spencer and I am the vice chair of the Collier County Democratic Party. This is a very special debate podcast. It is 10.51 p.m. after the first debate and oh my loving God, what the hell did we just watch? I got Amber and Linda here. Guys, <laughs> I Jesus. Deep we just talked about right it. Now. I am taking some keep, breaths. How are we going to keep the cursing out of this? I don't know. That was that. <sighs> I don't know that America has ever seen anything. You know, we talk about debates in this country. We talk about the famous Lincoln debates back in the 1860s. Lincoln Douglas, the, the eloquence—how they talked, how they—you the, know—the Senate is the greatest deliberative body, and we just put America back 200. And, 50,000 years with what we just watched. That was insane is is all that we can say. What did you guys think? Give me give me something. Well, I think my sentiment was what the ever loving f- was that? I don't even know what I just watched. I had a inkling of what I would expect from Trump, but somehow it was worse and I don't even know how that's possible after this amount of time. I was so disappointed in Chris Wallace. In the fact that he just allowed Trump to bulldoze constantly. And he, he made some meager attempts to rein him in. And he had a few points where he called him out. But overall, he, he just went by the fact that, you know, Joe Biden was going to be a gentleman and go by the agreement of letting his opponent speak for the time that he was supposed to speak. I actually have way more respect for him. Not only was he quick and on top of everything, but my God, that guy has some patience. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go on record and say that Biden held his own tonight. I think that by being the only adult in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. By adulting. (laughs) I I, I just had so many thoughts. I, I literally have seven pages of notes that I took through this debate, just trying to, just trying to coalesce a cogent thought about what I was going to say post debate. And I don't believe that throughout this evening, we received a coherent answer to most of the questions that were posed by Chris Wallace. I was actually, I thought I was expecting him to do a good job. I was, I was disappointed, but. Well, I think that he had a difficult and an unenviable task of trying to rein in someone that cannot be reined in. I feel that he tried. I feel that a Mm -hmm. couple instances, he got a couple shots in at what he felt was disruptive and disrespectful behavior. And I think there's not much someone could do when you have another person facing you who refuses to play by the rules of law in regards to to a presidential debate. Um, I think that Biden stuck to his guns and 
for the most part, didn't let President Trump bait him, um, especially when instead of answering questions to the best of his ability, he digressed and insulted Vice President Biden and insulted Vice President Biden's children. Those are tough things to walk away from. And I think, uh, you know, at the very least, Biden did a good job of reining the natural emotions that you feel when someone does that. Yeah, I I felt like I spent an hour and a half in Donald Trump's brain and I'm <laughs> terrified. And also, <laughs> like, it, it just... so it, true. Yes, right? that's so true. Well, I mean, I feel like I just watched a stream of oh. consciousness of what Donald Trump goes oh. through on a minute to minute basis. Yes. And it was very it's, frenetic. It's, it's very hard to it's very hard to take notes on such a frenetic yeah. uh, uh like no. just vomiting of information. Yeah. I, mean, I, I was I was trying I to organize started. my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I was like I started and I was I, like I can't. I, yes. Well and I feel bad for Chris Wallace. At first I was very upset with Chris mm. Wallace. I, I felt I, I was very upset with Chris Wallace for a number of different Sorry, things that, that he did. That was my Marge I know. impression there. That's a, that's a <laughs> lovely background groan. That was, my statement. Amber. Um, I was originally, in the first 30 minutes, I was very annoyed oh. with Chris Wallace. Very annoyed with Chris Wallace. But by the end of it, like you're dealing with a, a rabid cat. Like not even a rabid dog. Like a rabid dog is would maybe be controllable. It's like a rabid cat. It just like no. is meow all over the place. And how are you gonna? How are you? Gonna you ever kick deal that, with that cat outside and you lock the freaking door. Yeah, I, I so, mean, look, you can you throw a towel over it. I yeah, something a wet towel. Come on, throw it I know over cats. It. Um. So I mean, you know, I'd love to get into style points on topics of of policy and whatnot but like you guys said i don't know that there's a coherent topic that was ever discussed i guess the ultimate question comes down to this and this is what we're going to really talk about tonight is how do we feel the swing voter who watched that what do they come away with my gut reaction is that was bad for president trump my gut reaction, I don't know whether to trust that because I'm the vice chair of the Collier County Democratic Party, but my gut reaction is that if you're a swing voter who's undecided between two yes. people and you're looking at this and saying, oh my God, I've got COVID, I've got race relations issues, I've got fires burning with climate change, I've got all of these things that are up in the air and really my chaotic job. and I'm, my job, the, ec- the economy is uncertain. And I feel very worried about that. And if I, if, if you're tuning in and you're saying to yourself, I need, I, I, I want to feel certain. I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel secure in my life. Which one of these guys is going to make me feel secure? I can't imagine a world in which that person says, you know, the guy who can't keep his mouth shut for two seconds, the guy who's just ranting all over everything, that's the guy who I think can provide steady leadership and get us through all of these different problems that we're having. I, I, that's my gut, but I'm worried that maybe that's my want and maybe that's not going to actually be how people see it because I thought, <laughs> thought the same thing in 2016 
Um, well, he was or well, the last anything over the last three years. Let's let's be honest here. Made you think that? Let's be honest here. Donald Trump in 2016 debates was far more restrained far than what more. we just saw. Far more. Donald Trump in the 2016 debates was a statesman compared to what we just saw. What we just saw Absolutely. was a toddler who took five pixie sticks worth of sugar and then got told that they couldn't go on the merry-go-round at Disney World and threw a temper tantrum while their parent tried desperately to tell them it's okay (laughs) please calm down all of the other people are watching us stop throwing this tantrum and he just went ballistic i i i I have to imagine that the american public sees it the same way i think that trump wasn't is in a position right now with his being behind that he really doesn't have a lot of options other than lying, cheating, and blustering. And the I think his main goal tonight was to not allow Joe Biden to read as presidential. And I guarantee he was coached to interrupt Joe Biden as much as possible to try to distract his train of thought, in which case Joe Biden was, I think, phenomenal. I mean, I'm a 40-year-old woman, and I have a 7-year-old who interrupts me constantly, and I constantly lose my train of thought. I mean, this is a, you know, 78-year-old man who was on point with being constantly interrupted. So that's impressive. And I guarantee that was the point because he has nothing else to stand on. So he knew that his, that him being a complete and utter dick is going to play with his base because that's what they like. So he's not going to lose them. And basically I think his, his play was to try to not allow people who are unsure about Joe Biden to feel sure about him, not let him say things that make him sound presidential. And um, I think he failed in that because despite how painful it was to watch this, um, I think Joe Biden really performed amazingly. And I kind of want to take a yoga class from him and take some, take some notes on how to be centered and calm and, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, you know, I think I think Biden had a couple good opportunities there um, to actually speak to the American people. I thought he did a good job there where he says, guys, and he looks directly at the camera and tells them mm-hmm. exactly what he thinks. You know, um, I, I thought it, at a at a certain point in time, he looked at the camera and he said, um, when they were talking about uh, jobs in Obama's final three years, which Chris Wallace was uh, good enough to point out in, in Obama's final three years, they had the most job growth than Trump's first year in office, which Trump likes to cite as, you know, his, his, uh, his bringing America to this greatness that uh, he says we are currently at, um, you know, uh, he really wouldn't let Biden get a word in edgewise. And at that moment in time, Biden took a moment and he said, guys, he doesn't actually want to talk to you about what you need. Mm-hmm. He wants to distract you and he wants to talk about everything else but. 
exactly what you need. And I thought it, at those times Biden seemed the most presidential and and the most stalwart in his belief about uh you know, his opinions of President Trump and, and his current administration. And we've talked about this on this podcast multiple times. We're like, surely this is going to do it. Surely mm-hmm. this is going to be the one. This is, well, yeah, that's it. That's it. This is it. This is going to be everything we need to bring people over to our side of, of the table. And, you know, for the most part, it hasn't really happened. And so, you know, only time will tell, you know, what bringing these two gentlemen into a room together um, and letting them hash it out actually did to to move that needle. Yeah, I so. don't know that they hashed anything out. I mean, that's me. <laughs> well, I, I'm I they've they hashed some things. Sadly, they, they hashed they at each other. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that they, they hashed, hashed anything. Some not. things, you know. It, it's it was very hard to really get a point in edgewise with President Trump. And what I, did you? Yeah, and that's the problem of the of Chris Wallace, honestly. Yeah, but I don't know that he could have done anything. That's that's he could have. Well, I he, guess he, he had could have. A few moments where he called Trump out, and then Trump subsided momentarily. Yes, and he could have done that more often. And he would say, you know, Trump would interrupt and be in Biden's time, and then he would say, "Mr. Trump," and he'd call him out, and then Biden would speak, and then the next time it would happen, and Biden would say something. He's like, "Give him a moment," but but right. the thing is. Biden is a gentleman and he's going to adhere to the agreement that they had. So he allowed him to talk. Right. And I think that is the fault of the moderator. No, I, I sure. look, I agree that the moderator could always do more. Absolutely. That's his job. Well, yes, I agree. If you're not there to, to actually keep the rules that were agreed upon in place, then why are you there? But at the same time, you're dealing with an individual who obeys zero rules all of the time. No. So, like, it was not an easy job. I'm not saying it was an easy right. job. It was not an easy job for Chris Wallace. He did. And I hope future moderators are have, and I guarantee they've all watched this, and I hope they take some notes. He, is, he did an average job. Yes. In a really difficult situation. But, like, we could sit here and argue about Chris Wallace all we want. The, the right, reality yeah. is... Let's move on. The reality he's, not is, for, he's not going for president. He is so not yeah, going for president. Donald Trump is and Joe Biden is. What I wanted to ask you guys is there were a lot of shocking things in this. Oof. What part of the Trump performance, the Trump response shocked you the most because there were a lot of things that he said where you were like what really what part there was climate change stuff there was race relations stuff there was there was uh, election stuff what when when i asked you that question pick one thing from this that sticks out to you that you're like wow that i did not expect that what do you guys come up with I think the thing that that probably shocked me the most, um, because I was expecting his avoidance and his blustering, because that's just what he does, and his lying. Um, I think the thing that shocked me the most was a point where he maybe was even a tiny bit truthful, was when he was specifically asked about denouncing racism and racists, and Chris Wallace asked him and he was like, ooh, you know, playing all coy. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, uh, can you denounce white supremacists? And he's like, oh, what, the Proud Boys? Well, 
I will tell them to stand down and stand by. Wait, whoa, wait a second. Did I walk out of the room when that happened? When did that happen? Oh, man, that was... Oh, that was like the bit... I was like, he couldn't... He could not say it. Did he really say that? Yes, How did I miss that? That's why that should be the name of the podcast. I didn't even get it. I was lost when you said that. I was like, Linda's reading some Twitter account. Why is she going with that? When did he say that? So he called out the Proud... He goes, oh, what? The Proud Boys? Oh... I will call on them to stand down and stand by, is what he said. Because he couldn't. He said stand down, and his brain was like, oh, I'm going to lose them. I need them to stand by. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's why that Uh should be the name of this podcast. Wow. For those of you guys who are not listening, I know that we have have so many listeners to all of our listeners, thousands of listeners. Millions. Millions Millions. of listeners. Linda. (laughs) Yes. Or Amber, one of you. Lay it on us, listeners who the proud boys are because I'll be frank with you up until Donald Trump became president. I didn't know who the proud boys were. They didn't exist. I don't think honestly, tell our listeners who the proud boys are, because this is why that is a statement that I think the middle of the road voter who's not tied into white supremacist and not tied into white nationalism are not going to get that. They're not going to have any clue of that, and they don't have the time to go searching to figure out who the Proud Boys are. Tell our listeners who the Proud Boys are. The Proud Boys are a far-right and neo-fascist organization that admits only men as its uh, members and promotes and engages in political violence. They are the epitome of the far-right movement that is currently happening here in the United States. And President Trump, during a national debate just told them to stand back momentarily and then stand by for what I'm assuming is his call to arms. I'm not quite sure, but Chris Wallace did press him rather significantly on if he would denounce white supremacists Mm -hmm. and president Trump in fact denied that is not fake news that happened. Everyone has now seen it. And if you do not believe that this president wants to incite hate and violence in our country, tonight is most definite proof that he, in fact, does. So, Jeff, what would you say? What was for you? Because you, you uh, missed that part. So I what, missed that part. So now I, f- I feel like I had a brain aneurysm sometime in the middle of this where I was <laughs> you probably, probably did. <laughs> I probably was so upset about something that I just blacked out for 15 minutes and miss the whole proud boys or or maybe my body my body was like protect him I think, you know what it was this. a lot of cognitive dissonance going oh on i felt like it was like i was the native american seeing the ships yeah. come ashore <laughs> the first and time. i'm like what i'm like i don't even see them They're what is going on, on? Water. i've never seen this. yes yeah. um it was I, it um, was i think your body just rejected it I, they rejected it completely. Yeah, I think that um, this is going to be boring, but my history degree and my love of this country, but Make the election history great again. Go the the, the election <laughs> stuff. Now that's a hat. The election <laughs> stuff really really upset me. I mean, I just I the integrity of the election, the fact that the transfer of power, the transfer of power stuff. You know, the question was, would you just tell people? Yeah. To be calm. That literally the question was tell your supporters to be calm until an independent body 
certifies the election. They're not saying that you have to accept the election. They're not saying you have to do anything. They're just saying remain calm and wait until the appropriate body, which has certified every election, says we have a winner. And he couldn't even do that. He and then Joe would, Biden's like, yes. Yes. Like, that's that I, I, to me, that is the, the election. Like, to me, I mean, but I'm not the average voter. But to me, the election is one person says, tell your supporters to remain calm. I'm not going to answer that. The other person says, will you tell your supporters to remain calm? Yes. I think you've just answered who you should vote for in that in that one exchange. But that's the thing that really upsets me. And here in Florida, I want to stress this to anybody who's listening, the millions of Florida residents here who are listening. Florida is not everywhere else in the country. Okay, Florida with the vote by mail ballots, there's a lot of talk about vote by mail ballots and when they get counted and all that stuff. Your vote by mail ballot, when it gets sent in, the supervisor of elections here in the state can start opening and counting your ballots 22 days ahead of the election. There is no risk of your vote by mail ballot being not counted in Collier County and in the state if you get it in early. Get it in in the next week and a half, two weeks, you will not have an issue because the supervisor of elections are going to be counting every day, 22 days ahead of November 3rd. So you do not have to worry about that. Now, outside of the state of Florida, you have issues because you have other states that say if you send your vote by mail ballot and it's postmarked by November 3rd, but it doesn't get to the supervisor of elections office in that state until the 7th or the 8th in those states, that's counted. In Florida, it's not. There is no postmark rule. So if you put your vote by mail ballot in on November 3rd, it will not be counted. That is not the rule here in Florida. But let's get down to the fundamental question on that, which is if you are a United States citizen and you want to vote for who should be president, you should be allowed to vote. And if your vote is on a vote by mail ballot, in what way should that vote not be counted? It is un-American for anyone especially the president, to say that we should discount vote-by-mail ballots for any reason. It doesn't when make any he sense. he does it himself. And he is continuing to encourage his supporters to do that all across the nation. In Florida, they are continually getting notices and emails about registered to vote-by-mail. It is obvious that this is completely a reason to try to worry people, and sadly it's working, as basically a type of voter intimidation. And you can see that by the fact that they want their people to vote, but they want to make you worried about voting. So that's my, that was my issue, the, the election issue. That was my yeah. biggest thing. But there was a lot of stuff. Linda, what, what was your issue? What was the issue that shocked you, that you were like, you put down your pen and paper and started stopped writing and said, I'm on page Wait, five. She wrote for seven pages. I, know that. I don't know. She I never did. stopped writing. But she's on page five, and all of page five is one big word. Like, what? <laughs> WTF. Like, what was that moment? There was, there was so many moments. When I'm looking at all my notes, I think it's important to note that 
I couldn't really distill it to just a couple of speaking points because of the factual inaccuracies of Trump's claims. So it's, I mean, I could talk about several things that Trump said that are just factually inaccurate. I'm going to say that I agree with Amber on his lack of denouncement for white supremacy and what appeared to be a call to arms to the Proud Boys. Mm -hmm. I found that particularly shocking. And, you know, again, when pointed to and when asked for an answer, Trump cannot denounce the far right movement. He can't because that's all he has. Yeah, the same. He has to get every single vote from these people. It doesn't matter. Yes. And and I think at that, and you know what? I actually have a, a more positive quote from Biden that I wrote down. When Chris Wallace asked his question about racism, why should voters uh, turn to you um, in an effort to solve systemic racism? You know, Trump threw out a variety of inconsequential words in regards to that. And, and when Biden countered, he said, um, it's about equity, equality, mm-hmm. and decency. And I thought it was it was very important for him to say that we haven't accomplished it, but we yep. haven't walked away from it like President Trump has. I, I think that's that's one of the more important quotes of the night. And I think that, that that says a lot of what we're dealing with. The Democrats do not have a clean slate on racism. But at this moment in time, the only party trying to listen and trying to actively change its position is the Democratic Party. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, you brought up something that I, I don't know, it may have gotten lost in the constant crosstalk that President Trump threw at Vice President Biden. But there was a moment where Trump was on this, you won't even say law and order. You won't even say law and order. You won't mm-hmm. even say law enforcement, this whole thing. <laughs> and I thought Vice President Biden had a very great response he said i am for law and order with justice with justice and i thought that was a great rebuttal to the law and order because it was like you're for law and order regardless of whether or not it's fair you send military police into oregon unmarked and grabbing people off the street and throwing them into unmarked vans And you call that law and order. So it's important to note, too, I think that as we move forward, there's a whole bunch of factual inaccuracies. And it's kind of important to say that when when Trump was attacking Biden on his crime bill. And you know what? This is something that Republicans are doing and not only to Biden, but Kamala. You know, yes, back in the 90s, they were probably both incredibly harsh when it came to their views on crime. And, you know, as we have progressed, as, you know, more of these inequities and societal norms and and the more information we get about about white incarceration versus African-American incarceration, you know, these these things are evolving. And I think as candidates, they're both, you know, having to deal with their previous selves on on these issues. And I think Republicans like to attack them on it. And I think that those efforts, you know, ended up being more punitive um, in nature, especially to the African-American community. But that was not the impetus for these crime bills. And to say it was. And not to mention that that Donald Trump Um, around the same time is taking out full page ads in the New York Times advocating for the Central Park Five, five black individuals to get the death penalty. 
And it has now come out that all five of those individuals were falsely convicted of that particular crime. And so to suggest that somehow Biden is somehow using a term, as you said, that wasn't actually used to define African-Americans, while President Trump has a long history from back in the 70s and 80s where the Justice Department had to rule against how he was handling his housing situation and that they were discriminating against African-Americans to the the article on the Central Park Five to calling African countries shithole countries. Long down the list. And the Proud Boys just tonight, all the way to tonight, saying that the Proud Boys need to stand down and, stand and be ready. I mean, look, it, this is all ridiculous. So the the other thing that I felt stood out to me, because again, I wish there was more substance that I could talk about in this debate, but it was sadly just overrun by Trump's bullying. But I felt the moment when Joe Biden was speaking from the heart about his son, Bo, and it was a moment for Trump to maybe say something kind about the military because Biden was speaking specifically about the comments of him about saying losers and suckers and calling on his son, Bo. So you have a person in front of you who not only his son was part of this population that you supposedly had talked bad about, but has also died. And it is just common human decency to extend some sort of sympathy towards that but he could not do that it's like it didn't even register with him that that was something that he could do and he completely shifted from Bo to his son Hunter Hunter, which was completely ridiculous and I thought the one of the lines to me that stuck the most was that when uh, Trump kept talking about oh you know your family whatever and talking about Hunter and um, Biden said, it's not about your family or my family. And he looked directly at the camera and he said, it's about your family. It doesn't matter about these It doesn't two matter. People. It's about you guys. They're there to represent you. Joe Biden or Donald Trump is there to represent you. Do you feel like Donald Trump is representing you? Do you feel like he's out there to help you? And I think the answer to that question is no. And so I think Joe Biden saying what he said is absolutely the right thing to say. And it is, I'm hoping that a vast majority of the American people come away saying, I want the guy who's thinking about me, not yelling about Hunter Biden, not yelling about raking the forest, not yelling about the Proud Boys. I don't really know how any other political pundits, some with considerably more credentials than us what? are going to make sense of the abomination that happened tonight. I, as we're talking, I'm reading over my notes to try and again, coalesce a clear thought. And it's, it's no. very hard after this debate. I still don't know what president Trump wants to do about climate change. It's also important to know that he has been on the phone with uh, the leaders of, of major European forest cities, cities that the forest, forest cities. cities. And that anyone at, the like, forest cities on. whose yes, they trees ignite, ignite faster. faster. Thank you for bringing it up. They burn faster than mm-hmm. other They ignite faster. I didn't know this existed. Science, though. Exactly. Science. So, this is science. No. Best yep. people. 
when Chris Wallace <laughs> asked Joe Biden, which I thought he, he had a very good, good answer, but like Chris, he asked him about, well, why didn't you go and denounce the violence or talk to the people when the protests were happening? And yes, it was like, I was not the one in power. No. Like, what? And then he like doubled down on the question. And oh, no. Biden's like, I was not the person to be the one to you talk to the governors of the are 100% states while correct this was happening. Because I thought that was a gotcha question from Chris Wallace. So I thought weird. he asked him, why didn't you call? Did you call? Right? Because the obvious yeah. answer is no, I didn't call them and do them. But I was worried that Biden would stumble over that. And Biden's immediate response was, I'm not an elected official, which I was like, thank you. Yeah. Like, you're not an elected official at all. Why is it? Is you, like, I, I got really angry about that question because I, this is probably the, the Proud Boys comment came right after that because I probably blacked out after this. I was <laughs> really had, angry about this conniption. because I was like, what kind of question Agreed. is that? Like, why aren't you asking the president? Did you call the them? Mm -hmm. Because I guarantee you, he didn't talk to them before he sent the unnamed agents into Portland to like round up random U.S. citizens and throw them into unmarked vans. I guarantee you he didn't talk to anybody about that, but you didn't ask him about that. You asked Joe Biden if he called them and asked them to, to stop doing that. He's publicly saying don't do it. And that's not enough. I was really upset about that. I was really upset about that. Well, you're very right. That's that's a that's a leading and misleading and completely inappropriate question because Biden isn't actually the president. But he answered, he answered it, well. it perfectly. So, he said, "I'm not." He said, no, I'm not he, an elected he official. answered He's as well. President. Yeah, and I'm going to say that um, a couple of Republican operatives have already offered that as an excuse for their lack of governance when interviewed. Um, Kelly and Conway is very was very quick to say, "Well, tell Biden to come on over." when they were talking about the COVID response. And, and you know, that's just, that, that's just one of the silliest and nonsensical responses you can give as a political operative. Um, do you really, would you really invite the person running totally against deflecting. the current You're president supposed to, to, be handling to come it. on yeah. in? Right. Uh, hopefully I'm I will to. take over. And I want to take will. over it. Yes, you guys are in will. charge now. I, I thought, again, Biden did really great with that answer. And I thought he got a dig of his own in when he quoted Kellyanne Conway and saying that yeah. violence is good for this Republican Party. You know, throwing gasoline on the fire is good for this Republican Party. You know, it's this is a unique debate because, you know, when you have a president like Donald Trump, who's been so weak in so many areas, um, you know, it's like every time they started a new topic, I was like, oh, well, this is bad for Trump, you know, I'm like, they talked about COVID. I'm like, mm, that's not very good. And they talked about the economy. I'm like, mm, it's not great right now. And then I'm like, they're talking about election. I'm like, that's not good. Climate change, that's not good either. Like, there was a lot of topics where I was like, President Trump's on the wrong side of all of these issues. And I don't mean that just from my own personal beliefs that I, like, just public wise, the polling says that he's on the wrong side of all these issues. You know, it's just it's one of those things where you're, you're sitting there listening to him and you realize he's just flailing. He doesn't know what he is doing, period. And he can talk about all this stuff. He can distract you. And but he doesn't have a plan. Before we go, I want to talk. I want to talk to you guys. You know, the news of the day that's come out over the last two days and it became part of this debate. President Trump's tax returns were obtained by The New York Times. 
And there's been a lot of talk. It came up in this debate about $750 is what the president, Donald Trump, paid in federal income taxes in 2016 and 2017. How did you think? I thought he looked a little uncomfortable with that conversation. Uh, he wasn't as cocksure about his, you know, I'm a, a great businessman, I felt. I felt like he was a little unsure <laughs> about how to handle the fact that just came out. I'm just curious how you guys thought it it played the whole topic on his tax returns. Yeah, I think he did nothing to benefit himself with that. Again, with the people who are his diehard supporters, they don't care. But I think that will absolutely make people who were on the fence waver even more. The people who are on the fence, whoever these strange random people are i don't know who they are but whoever you're not strange random people if you're listening please vote and vote for biden you're not truly strange but we don't understand you that's all we're trying to say we don't understand i think that people are the people (laughs) who are traditionally conservative who have very strong values in specific issues that have been played to them over the years as being conservative, like guns and abortion and various things like that, but can see with their own two eyes how this president is a complete and utter disaster, but they have a very hard time saying that they will vote for something that they deem is against their interests. So it's like, okay, yeah, I see that he's a disaster, but he's bringing forth things that I agree with. And so those are the people I think that are really the ones that are, that are swaying here. And I think this debate tonight, if they were able to make it through it for that particular group of people, I don't think Trump made any headway with them. Um, I think also since we were posed the question of Trump and how he dealt with uh, Biden's dig about only paying $750 in taxes for the years of 2016 and 2017 based on the New York Times story, um, which will continue to evolve, by the way, in the next weeks to come. Oh, you they wait. promise more I'm, information. Just, hold on. I, um, Linda, I'm just going to say, you watch. I'm predicting now that you're going to see articles come out where they're going to tie decisions he's made in office and how that has benefited him financially based on his tax returns and based off the returns that he has and how, how he has made decisions. Over the next three weeks, you're going to see stuff like that going on the record right now. I feel I'm going to agree with you. I do not want to bet against you on this because I feel like there's blood in the water to say that is where some of this reporting is going to go. So I haven't actually been in a headspace where I can watch Trump Mm -hmm. speak for an hour and a half like I did tonight. And I feel it's important to know that if I played poker with him in Vegas, I have now discovered his tell. And I would... His little little head tilt, his little mouth purse. His, yep. His little, he 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 purses his his lips. He looks, Mm -hmm. he purses his lips and he looks down right before he's about Mm -hmm. to tell a whopper of a lie. So when he says, and all this information will bear out, when so when pressed, he did go on record and say that he has paid millions of dollars in taxes for those two years that Chris Wallace asked him, 2016 and 2017. Uh, the New York Times have reported that is not the case. 
Donald Trump said, it is the case tonight. So again, and it's also important to know for our friends listening, and if they get into any of these ideological debates with Trump supporters, there's nothing that says while you are being audited, you cannot release your tax returns. There is no law in the books that says that needs to happen. That is just a fabrication from the Trump administration. I think it's important to note that while he is a thrice married misogynist pig, he likes to court the that religious evangelical vote. And he thinks that he can deliver that to them by inserting conservative justices into the federal judiciary and the Supreme Court. He did levy a charge today against Biden that said um, Obama left 128 openings. That, in fact, was the truth. But what he didn't expand on was that the Senate, led Mm -hmm. by McConnell, and their obstructionism. Mm, That is why that is the the first and only time that I yelled at the screen. I yelled obscenities at the screen when he said that. I was so angry about that. That and the the beginning of the debate where he said, where they were talking about the Supreme Court. And he said, we're in power and we did it. And then he goes, you know, with Merrick Garland, you guys didn't have the presidency. I'm like, no, we did have the presidency. We, we did have the presidency with Merrick Garland. We did. That's like, I was really, we had yeah, a, we had nine we had months, a whole, a whole much more than you have right now. Biden couldn't, couldn't get three words in in the first 15 no, minutes. I was going like, yeah. Trump was just, yeah, that's I mean, also it true. was like, was it unbelievable. was insane. It was like. I was like, I can't, what the hell is going on? So I don't know that he could have done I, any better than he did, but I felt like, you know, we didn't hammer home the fact that it's like, you stole a Supreme Court seat in 2016, mm-hmm. and now you're saying it didn't happen. I agree, yeah, he didn't. I wish he would have brought up the yeah. history a little yeah. bit more. Sure. But, you know, again, that was the very yeah. question, I think was, and it was, it yep. was like, it, it was, was getting his sea legs. lot of for just sure. complete unprofessionalism that nobody was prepared for. Yeah, and for. by the end of it, like, ah! by the end of it, absolutely Biden had his his legs. He was kind of like, okay, I know this guy's going to just absolutely talk through everything. So yeah. he was aware. Okay, so but at the beginning, it was like we're dealing with. It was like, how do I even respond? This uh, is crazy. This guy is it's like yeah. a pit bull on acid. Absolutely. I thought it was also very interesting when Chris Wallace asked him about the removing of the racial sensitivity training. Yes. Trump's assertion that, um, you know, people, again, nameless people, were complaining that this training is insane. No, he said it was racist. Reverse racism. He he just literally said it was racist. Or it was racist. It was racist. It's racist. Racial sensitivity training. Well, I guess that's like saying two plus two is a minus. Well, that's where I got the whole reverse yes. racism because I feel that's where he was going. It's racist to the people getting their racial yeah. sensitivity training. You mean, yeah, yeah, it was like, all about like, people? Like, we need I to think go back to the like racist to them. Transitioned into we need to go back to the founding of the country, and I wanted to go. Yeah. So you mean like yeah. when Which, white people you know, ran, every, white men ran everything, and women couldn't vote, and black people couldn't do anything, right. and. Like that's when we that's 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 when the yeah. country was, was great. A, oh, so I'm glad you defined I it. It's not the that, 1950s. It's the 1850s. I'm glad we know where it is. Yeah. I think Seven, that's when I 1750s. Gave up, I gave up writing my notes and I just texted you guys and I was like, oh, I'm sorry that you're white <sighs> and you had to take sensitivity training. That must have been so traumatic for right, you. Yeah. Like, it was oh, really geez. horrible. And and again, he made another untruthful assertion that there was 
a considerable lack of law and order and a heck of a lot more violence uh, during the Obama administration, which is just categorically untrue. Crime went down 60% during the Obama administration. Um, He did also keep asserting that Biden wants to close down the United States again. That is not remotely true. Biden does not want a nationwide shutdown. He just wants more responsible uh, accounting of where COVID is in this country by more testing, providing more PPE, um, contract tracing. And if you have a city that has an outbreak, potentially they need to be restarted again to kind of get this virus under control. Under no certain terms, right. as he ever said, I want to I shut wanna, our country. I want to ask some. There is something that I kept thinking throughout this debate. What I kept thinking every time I listened to Trump, I was like, wow, he is opening himself up for tomorrow someone contradicting him, you know, like specifically you brought up the COVID stuff. When they were talking about masks, he said that Fauci disagreed with the, with the mask ordinance. He said, Fauci said that the hundred thousand people wouldn't be safe. He literally said that he goes, Anthony Fauci said, that's not the case. There's going to be a lot of pressure on Fauci, on the CDC director, on the generals, that have come out against him, all of these people, because he made a lot of statements that they could easily refute. They could stand up and say, no, that's not how I feel. This is this is what I feel. And people had the courage to just stand up and say the truth. He would be looking like an idiot, you know? You, you're living in a world where... I forgot. Uh, sorry, I'm the, sorry. I'm living in 2015. We're living in a post-truth world yeah. that we still cannot wrap our brains yeah. around. I agree with you, Jeff. Like, they're, over and over again, I'm like, well, this just cannot be. This cannot stand. That will not pass. But it does. Yeah. So, unfortunately, you have to throw that yeah. out. Basically, we are it's... all Gandalf slamming our freaking staff and saying, this shall not pass. And the Balrog, which is Trump, just walks past us and goes, I'm ignoring you. I'm not falling down that pit and just takes Absolutely. everything. Literally. So can I just say one thing that yep. I felt was maybe a positive in just like a human perspective, um, which we did not get a lot of humanity from tonight, sadly. Only from Biden. Um, the only humanity we got from was oh, from, was from well, Biden. But yes, yes, there was not a lot. coming from Biden. Yeah. But this one moment, which, you know, Trump was constantly attacking Biden and overspeaking and trying to bait him and trying to jab him to make some sort of reaction. And he was specifically talking about Hunter Biden and brought up his cocaine use, which, I mean, uh, come on, Trump, you lived through the 80s and have you seen your sons? But despite the fact he brought that up and Biden's response was my son went through a drug problem and he overcame it. And I'm really proud that of it. That was him. a great answer. And I'm like, it was oh a great God. answer. It was everything you want him to respond with. Yes. It was, it was great. A father, yes. a human, like a, a public official, like, you know, the drug epidemic and Trump has, tried to make this somewhat of an issue at points when speaking in normal terms and like looking at this in terms of like, this is an issue that people struggle with. And it's not that these people are criminals. 
And it's just like, what an amazing response. Well, he even said, my son has a drug pro- had a drug problem like so many others in this country. And he overcame it. Like he, he not only said that he had one, but he connected it with other people. And, yeah. and that is the thing that Trump never does is that Cause he's he is a, a sociopath. sociopath and he has no empathy at all. And so it's like he makes that comment and in his mind, it's just a dig. It's like, I'm going to attack this guy on this. Yeah. And he doesn't. Well, he doesn't. It doesn't occur yeah. to him. Like at the beginning, Trump starts talking and then Joe Biden has his term and he's like, well, thank you, Chris Wallace. And then Trump's like, oh, yeah, I'm supposed right. to think, thank right. you in this moment. You see his, yeah. he's like, oh, right. I'm, oh, I forgot about the, the normal niceties of like being a human. Oh, right. and like, you know, he gives him an opportunity to talk about his son, Bo, who died and and all these situations that he has given he's he's been given over his years softball opportunities to show that he is a human and has empathy and over and over and over again he fails because he has none he cannot see it it is not within his personality and that is a huge problem huge problem all right so on that note at 12.15 a.m. I don't know that we can squeeze any more out of this debate than we've already done. And I don't know that we should, for our own sanity, talk any more about it. Because it no. is depressing to think about that, that this man we- is president and that we had to just witness that. But that's our show. And we have to watch him further. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Okay. Two more. Only three more. But at least with Kamala Harris yeah. and... Mike Pence, as much as I dislike Mike Pence, and I think he's disingenuous no. and a lot of problems. It's not the same. Not yeah. the same. Not the same. Different Only level. got two more of these to get through, but uh, that's our show. Thank you, Amber and Linda, for being on, as always. A big thanks to Agent 13 for the theme song. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, or wherever you listen to our favorite podcasts. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We have... 35 days left until election day and as we witness tonight you got to get involved because shit's getting crazy hope everyone is staying safe out there until next time so long is anybody